Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning, church. Can I have a stool? Thanks. Um, Good morning. Welcome to church. Welcome to everyone watching online and listening to podcasts. Why don't you give them a cheer, church? I don't know if this mic can pick that up. I think we should all have microphones so that everyone online can hear every little comment you make. There's a few people make comments to their significant others next to them in that moment. So a huge welcome if you're new with us. I hope you feel a part of the family. My name is Joel. I am one of our pastors here. I oversee our connect groups and our youth ministry. Shout out to our youth outside in the cafe. Give me a scream, youth in the cafe. Okay, it's delayed. So they'll scream in like 25 minutes um, and that'll be good. Thank you, Maharab. Why don't we give Mark's muscles a clap? Thank you, Mark. That's fantastic. Wow, a few people really applauded there. I gave that worship clap a run for its money before, so um, that's good. Um, I'm excited about bringing us around the Word of God today. I hope you are ready. I encourage our youth and young adult teams to bring a physical Bible to church today, if they had one. Uh, I have had youth leaders that do not own a physical paper Bible before. That may be a complete mind blow. Mind blow? That's not a thing. Um, A mind-blowing moment for some of us, but it's on your phone. It's on lots of different things now. But there's nothing quite like this thin paper, is there? There's nothing like this beautiful tissue paper that they make Bibles with. That is just feel it if you got a. Isn't that nice? Who thinks the Bible should be in cardboard? Expense premium stuff like 300 GSM, that nice stuff. So I'm going to bring us down to the Word of God today. Um, I'm going to pray in a moment. But the Word of God is as relevant as it has ever been. Um, I was sharing with our youth ministry a couple of weeks ago. Um, The Bible is still relevant um, because humanity hasn't changed that much. Um, The Bible is an account of people walking with God, written to people for people's benefit to restore them to God. And no matter what we have learnt in the last 2,000 years, humans are pretty much exactly the same. Uh, We have accounts in the Bible of people attempting to stone other people because of their behaviour. And now in 2020, we we maybe don't throw as many stones in Australia, but if you go on the comment section of any YouTube video or any bit of social media, they once said 2,000 years ago, kill them, and now they say, kill yourself. There hasn't actually been that much change. So the reason why the Bible is still relevant is still those issues. Not not much has... um, changed at all. Or we have accounts in the Bible of if someone is poor and in need, uh, Jesus encouraged them not to walk on the other side of the road and and to to meet them in their need and to help them and assist them. And maybe we're not walking on the other side of the road now. We have advanced. Now we just drive past or we don't even bother going on the other side of the road. Humans still have the same issues of selfishness. So the Bible is still relevant because it's helping us through those things. There's kings with 700 wives and 300 concubines, and the issues of lust haven't been solved in the last 2,000 years. Still, some of the most visited websites in the world are pornography. The issue of lust is still there. So the reason why the Bible is still relevant is because humans are still trying to navigate what it is to be human. So the reason why we value the Word of God is because we haven't 
changed that much. And maybe you feel like we have changed. We don't sacrifice animals in church anymore. So you see that in Scripture, but still in Australia today, 15 animals are killed every second for our consumption. So we still have similar human issues. That's right, 15 every second. Or one of Jesus' 12 disciples committed suicide, and still suicide is running rampant through our communities today. So the Bible is relevant because it was relevant 2,000 years ago. It'll be relevant in 2,000 more years, uh, even though you may think this is end times, as every generation since Jesus has thought. And they've, had little, they've watched little YouTube videos, or maybe not 2,000 years ago, but everyone was convinced that we are the last generation. If you stay in church for long enough, about, I don't know, five years, there'll be at least 10 times that we are convinced that today is the last day. Uh, So whether it was 2,000 years ago or 2,000 years from now, the Bible will still be relevant because it is people encountering a real and true God. And they are accounts of people navigating that journey. So that's why the Bible is relevant. That's why the Bible is important. Make sure you know it. Make sure you read it. Make sure you build your life on it. This morning's message is entitled Wrong Meds. Wrong Meds. Who here has ever taken a medication before? Okay, a few of you are completely pure. You've never popped a Panadol to get over that irritating headache that your boss gave you. Not talking about me, Pastor Benara, in case you're watching. Um, talking about you. Um, I want to share in a moment a little story after I pray about the time that I took the wrong medication and it ended uh, beautifully. Um, and we'll get into that. Um, well, room is silent, pin drop. Pastors take tablets? We do. Do you want to know why? You. No, not really. Um, <laughs> uh, monitor to see who's laughing. Um, I want to bring us around a scripture, um, Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6. It was one of the scriptures I was going to share last week when we talked about post-popular. Really quoted scriptures. We quote the first verse and we forget the rest of the verse. It was one of the ones that we were going to do. But I want to bring us around this scripture to help us understand when we have certain problems in our lives, there are certain medications that will work for those problems. When we're having issues with our social life, there are certain things in our social column, the social part of our lives that will fix those problems. There's no point in us thinking that it's a financial issue and throw money at it. There's different ways, different paths that we need to stop and acknowledge God in. So in Proverbs 3, verse 5, if you've got it, this is the only scripture that's going to appear on the screen. So get your Bible ready to go. And when you've got it, you're allowed to say, got it. So we all know who knows their Bible the best. It's good to know that in church, so you can feel fantastic about yourself. Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all, can everyone say all? Your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. This message I almost didn't preach. I have written many sermons that I haven't preached before, but this one, on Friday night, as I was heading to bowling with our youth ministry, who took over Shoalhaven City Lanes and got yelled at a lot, mainly because youth leaders keep on bowling multiple balls down the same alley. Really beautiful example. Um, (laughs) Maria. Um, Also, I don't know if you know this, but in a bowling alley, social distancing doesn't apply. Um, There was was mingling happening. I was going to call the cops on us there. Um, 
I watched um, one of our youth get yelled at, uh, Jonah, shout out to you, um, by one of the staff members, and he was so close. And I was like, Jonah, why aren't you saying we're in a pandemic? Like, you should say something, because the spit's going in your mouth. It is. So, um, bowling. And I think, the, I think the number one bowler got 115. Out of like 80 youth there, 115 was the top. Um, got nothing to say about that except... Just because we're spiritual healthy, it doesn't mean we are good in sports. So we'll talk about that um, in a moment. But I almost didn't preach this message, and I'm going to tell you at the very end why I almost didn't preach it, okay? So instead of throwing it out, I'll do the whole thing, and then I'll let you know why I almost didn't do any of it. Does that sound good? So come along for the ride, and then we'll conclude at the end why we probably shouldn't have done it today. No, why I hesitated in doing it today. This scripture, Proverbs 3 verse 5, lets us know that if we acknowledge God, it uses the word all twice here. The word all simply means everything, the whole thing. If we acknowledge God in all of our ways, and if we acknowledge Him in all of our, He will make all of our paths straight. It's giving us a key here to understand that we must first acknowledge His ways. The word ways means journey or road, and path means the same thing, journey or road, our direction. If we make a decision across different areas of our life, different seasons, different components, maybe us physically or socially or emotionally, all these different areas, if we acknowledge God in one way, we are not acknowledging Him in all of them. And the Scripture is giving us a truth. If we want our paths, plural, to be straight, we must acknowledge Him in all of the different ways. So in other words, no matter how much you come to church and attend 10 to 11.30, it doesn't mean your relationships are going to be strong. It may help, but it may also not help. You might be, be like, I'm not going to make any friends, so I'll go to church and sit in a service, and then somehow that's going to help me make friends. No, that's the wrong meds for the wrong problem. But it's important for us to understand two things. We can overdose on things spiritually as Christians, and I'll explain that in a second, or we can underdose when it comes to things spiritually. So if we have a physical problem, we can be like, okay, I must pray, attend, memorize enough scriptures, quote enough health scriptures, um, listen to the song Healer by Mike Guglielmucci enough times. And if I keep on doing those things and boom, a few shaking of heads, just because you knew his problems, there's a lot of problems that all worship leaders have. Um, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, that's a saying apparently. Um, I love baths. Baths are great. Um, if you have a shower, I'll pray for you at the end of the service. Um, kings have baths. They sit there. Okay, we'll continue. Um, that it's important for us to stop and acknowledge God and include Him in the conversation and all of these things, but also to realize that maybe if we have an emotional problem, there isn't a spiritual solution. But if we have a spiritual problem, there might be a physical solution. There's different different parts of us that we need to stop and acknowledge God in every single one of them. We don't need to overdose and be like, if I have enough time at church, then suddenly I'm going to be healthy socially. The most unhealthy social people I have met at church. <laughs> you don't get social skills when you give your life to Jesus on an altar call. It's not, there's not an exchange there. Um, if anything, we think we're family so we can say whatever we want to each other. Um, that's not what the Scripture means when it's referring to us as family. Families fight, all of those things that we project on the Word of God. That's not what it means anyway. But I want us to acknowledge God this morning in eight different areas. 
The areas are going to appear on the screen um, under four different categories. So acknowledging Him spiritually, physically. So when it comes to our actual body itself, the Scripture describes spiritual body and physical body. So we'll look at that. Then acknowledging God in our minds. So when it comes to our emotions and actually acknowledging God in those things rather than denying our emotions because we're really spiritually strong. And then our intellect, how to actually think and learn and keep on growing and not just be like, Jesus knows everything, so I don't need to know anything at all. Um, that, that's not the goal. So they're, they're the first four. And then when we move into our actual money, what it looks like um, for us to acknowledge, acknowledge God in our vocation our career, when we actually use the skills that God has for us to do something to better the world. And then the difference between that and our finance and how to acknowledge God when it comes to the money that He adds to us. And then lastly, we'll move on to our actual world and we'll look at how we interact socially and how we engage with friends and make our marriages better and our relationships with our children and and people in general better. And then lastly, we'll finish up on environmental, where we'll be looking at both our atmospheres in our culture and how to interact with them well, but then our physical world and what is how we acknowledge God when it comes to His creation rather than separating the Creator from His creation. So that's what we're going to do this morning, and it's going to be fantastic, but I want to I encourage you this morning, when we look at these things, this slide is probably going to stay on the screen for the rest of the time. It's everything you need. Um, When we are acknowledging these things this morning, when we're we're focusing on them, please don't nudge the person next to you or think of that person at your workplace that really needs to work out physically. I want you to stop and consider how well am I at acknowledging God in all of these ways? How much am I including Him in these conversations? And how much am I allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to me in all of these situations rather than run into emergencies all the time? How do I actually maintain the car of my life rather than just call the NRMA and pray to Jesus when it breaks down? Because there's a promise here. Our paths will be made straight when we acknowledge Him in all of them. So it's going to be a fantastic morning. But I almost didn't preach it, so we'll get to the end. And there's one word, there's one word in this scripture in Proverbs 3 verse 5 that made me not preach it, but then it made me preach it. Let me pray for us, and then I've got a story for you, and we'll get into this thing. God, we thank you for the honor and the privilege it is to gather. We thank you for those that have gone before us to even make space for us to be here today. Those that gave, those that invited, those that brought. I pray this morning, God, as we focus in on your powerful word, that you would shape and change our lives, that we would have our minds renewed, that this morning we would allow it to wash over us and cause us to change. I pray that the Word of God not be a thing that we go through and tick things we already believe, but instead allow it to transform and change us. That it not be a book that we twist into our agreed lifestyle or beliefs, but would submit ourselves to its truth. That this morning we would acknowledge you in some different areas and have some crooked paths made straight again, some difficult situations. And I pray this morning for your grace to change, your grace to empower us to be the church you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, China. You may do whatever you want. You can stay there, You can, but you're not allowed to hit the ivories anymore. Um, when I was in America a few years ago, um, it was when Jeremiah was born, we like going to America. We will go back as soon as they will allow us. Um, not that we've been kicked out, but the current situation. Um, as soon as they will allow us 
imply that Alex smuggled something in there, a koala, to release into California's habitat. Um, we were about, I think we are in California, and I think it was the day, I might be wrong, and I'm sure um, Alex will remember, um, because if sleepless nights and parenting has done nothing for us, it's kept our minds perfectly good and our memories uh, perfect. Um, but there was this day where I had the worst headache. Um, I don't fly well, so if I go on a flight... I feel sick, my ears are going to explode. Um, also, if I go on an elevator, um, just anything that makes me move too much, it's because I'm getting old, hashtag vertigo. Um, I see that Bunnings has a lift. Has anyone seen that? We get a lift in Nara. Are you excited? I'm going to be in that thing just like, boom. I don't know how to impersonate a lift, but I'm so excited for it. Escalator, is that what it's called? Thank you. Oh, oh everyone's ready to correct the preacher. You wait. Um, <laughs> um, but I remember having this headache, and I was like, I need, I need to get rid of this thing. So what do you do when you've got a headache? You pray. No, you take ibuprofen. And we're in a different country, so we got this ibuprofen, and I'm just smashing them. Like, what? How many a day? 24? Great. Um, but I'm having these things, and I'm feeling worse and worse. I remember having some in the, the night before, I think, and then in the morning, and I just, I was getting worse, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Everything that Alex was saying was like, I think I need to push you over. Like, I feel like you need to... Just everything she was doing, everything she was saying was so annoying. I remember it just... I was, and I was like, is something wrong with me? What has happened? I was just angry. I was frustrated. And it took me about eight doses to realize that I wasn't taking ibuprofen. What I was taking was the sleeping medication that you're supposed to take half a tablet of and it'll knock you out. And I had consumed roughly eight of them. So I'm going through, I think, Disneyland or something, and frustrated, being like, what is happening? I'm going to strangle some people up in here. And it wasn't because my little headache. It was because I had straight up OD'd on sleeping tablets and was just so exhausted that one of these things knocks you out. And I'm just like, boom, 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 give me some water, wash it down with some Coke. Um, Coca-Cola, not cocaine, just for our youth and young adults. That's clear there. Um, <laughs> Wrong meds. Um, but I remember just everything was just getting worse and worse. And it wasn't because of Alex. She was completely beautiful and lovely and normal, demanding that we had Chick-fil-A or something. I can't remember. But what was wrong was I was taking the wrong meds for my problem. And it was increasing my problem to be so unbearable that everything around me was the issue. It was never the fact that I was popping down sleeping tablets. And what I think we will find this morning is maybe, just maybe, we might be popping too many pills in the wrong category. And maybe you, uh, you are very complicated. You are not simple. Even going through these eight different categories, I was like, how do I um, categorize and try and sum up the different parts of you? And then how do I put them in boxes? Because we all know that one of these can affect another one. You don't have to be in church for very long to be like, oh, I feel really spiritually tired. No, you don't. You just didn't go to bed enough times this week. So you get to church and you're like, oh, spiritually me and God are really distant. No, you just need a bedtime. Watch Prime Possum, go to bed on time. So <laughs> these things are related. But I want us to understand that we don't need to always pop the tablet of work harder for God Read more scriptures and memorize more things. And if you do that, everything in your life is going to be perfect. And I'm actually, at the end of the message, um, 
make it clear the difference between your path being straight and your path being easy. Because there's a difference there as well. Um, so, you ready? 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17. When you got it, you're allowed to say, got it, I'll race you, got it. Yes. 1 Thessalonians, I think it's on the screen. Oh, it's a bit hard to read, isn't it? 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17. We're going to read it in a moment. So the first area is spiritual. These are our beliefs. These are our values. This is the meaning of why we do what we do. These are the unseen things. Or even if you separate the word spiritual from Christianity, when someone has a broken spirit or something happened that broke their spirit, it's like this internal grit. It's the inside of you. Um, or in our society probably now, um, it's very common to have a brittle spirit a very hard spirit, and when offense happens or disagreement happens, we find ourselves snapping very quickly because we have a brittle spirit. Maybe you have a dream in your heart and one person says to you that you can't do it and you just give up. That's a brittle spirit. Um, that is, you need some, some guts in you. You need to fight a little bit. You need to be like, no, if God told me this thing was going to happen, I need to fight. I need to, I need to remember and stand on His Word, not on the opinions of others. So when it comes to spiritual health, there are things that we can do. And when we look at Scripture, there are 563 different references of the word spirit in the Bible. I'm going to go through, I'm going to let us know about all eight of these categories and how often they appear in the Bible. But it's important for us to know our spirit is important. It is not mutually, uh, it's not exclusively important that that's the only thing. But as Christians, we need to understand the connection between our spiritual health and all of these seven but then also how these seven stand separate from it. So 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17 is often, uh, or this scripture isn't quoted as the shortest, but it should be quoted as the shortest. It is pray continually, or depending on your translation, pray without ceasing, because then it gets to three words, and then Jesus wept, won the competition. But this scripture, let me read uh, verse 16 as well. Be joyful always. <laughs> how good's that? It's that straight-up command. Be joyful always. Next time someone's grumpy around you, just whip out that scripture and be like, be joyful always. That's a perfect way to misuse that scripture. Really, just apply it to the person next to you, not yourself. Um, pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This verse 17, pray continually, gives us a really important thing when it comes to our spiritual growth. When it says pray continually or pray without ceasing, what it is not saying is this. Dear God, I thank you for today. Today's been so good. Oh, look at that over there. God, it's so amazing. Oh, there's a dog happening over there. And then 10 hours later, you're still going, oh, McDonald's. Oh, praise God for McDonald's. I love chicken nuggets. Sweet and sour sauce is so good. Um, to pray continually or to pray without ceasing is not a constant monologue to God. What it is, is uh, the way that I described it to our youth ministry a few months ago, is um, when you're messaging, uh, this, this happens occasionally to me, I go to message someone and I type in their first name and I send a message, but it's just the wrong person with that first name. So I went to message my dad, his name is David in my phone because I'm very formal. Um, <laughs> and I messaged someone else with the name David, see if you can guess one. I don't know how many Davids are in your life. But I sent this message and they wrote back and I was like, oh, this is going to be uncomfortable. I haven't spoken to you in five years. But when you're messaging someone like that, it normally finishes with something like, see you around, great to chat, bye. It's this kind of finish, this, this it's over. 
But what happens when you're messaging your best friend or maybe your partner, there's probably no hey at the beginning and there's no goodbye. It is just this continual back and forth. I have this with Alex, but I also have this with a guy called Andy Dodd, who uh, whenever he posts something on Instagram, I send him a weird video. Uh, So he posts a picture of his daughter, and I'll send him a a plastic surgery video, or just something. And we have this continual, we don't have to talk for nine months, but as soon as we start again, we are picking up where we left off, and where we left off is weird videos. Um, And that's what it's like to pray continually with God. It is not signing out. It's not being like, God, I pray that you be with me today. I'll see you in the morning tomorrow. Goodbye. It's not coming to church and being like, God, I'm really going to work on this. I can't wait to see you next Sunday. Um, It is to pray without ceasing. It is to talk and be talked to by God continually. So it's not switching it off. It's not compartmentalizing it. I spend 10 minutes with God every morning or I spend four hours with God every night, however you want to measure it in time. It is continually walking with God. And that is spiritual health. Spiritual health does not come by attending the pre-service prayer meeting alone. It comes by that continual pray without ceasing, staying connected with God. Second scripture, um, 1 Corinthians 2. Um, Let's race there. Um, Just go back six books if you're into counting. Um, 1 Corinthians 2. Have you got it? 1 Corinthians 2, verse (coughs) uh, 13. You ready? 1 Corinthians 2, verse 13 says this. This is what we speak, not in words taught to to us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. And then it goes on to explain why a spiritual person can understand the things of God and an unspiritual person cannot. It is important for you to understand that the truths that God wants to give you are first and primarily a spiritual thing. They are your spirit man being healthy. So things like praying continually, things like reading your word, things like worshiping over worry are very important because the things that God wants to impart to you are going to be misheard, misunderstood, or misapplied when our spirit is unhealthy. When we find ourselves doing a lot of things and taking a lot of meds, to help with our spirit, but not coming to the truth of what we should be doing, the healthy, useful things. Let me take a little bit further. Ephesians 6, um, just go over, I don't know, Ephesians 6 is what? The 49th book in the Bible. So if you want to count from the front, 49, or you can just go over three, I think. 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. Ephesians 6, have you got it? It is like the stereotypical kids' church scripture. You you cannot go to kids' church and get through from kindergarten year six without hearing about Ephesians 6, the armor of God. I went three times to kids' church, and I'm pretty sure it was spoken about all three times. (laughs) Ephesians 6, verse 13. Uh, Let's go 14. It says, Stand firm then and put on the belt of truth Buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness, and all the kids would giggle at that word because that's a funny word, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Talking of a spiritual battle, spiritual arrows, and a spiritual shield of faith. 
Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and the word there is rhema, not logos. It is the quickened Word of God for you. So when we're fighting our spiritual battle, isn't memorizing enough scriptures so we can apply the right one. It is when God brings the Word of God alive on the inside of you, is your sword, um, not logos, but rhema there. Um, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the saints. When you're spiritually healthy, you don't need to compromise or compete. You are just strong. The flaming arrows come, but you don't just have your faith because of the flaming arrows. You have your faith because it's obedience. Be a person of faith, ready and willing to do uh, what it is to battle in a spiritual battle. The sword of the Spirit is not just for stabbing things, it's because you're supposed to have it. It's, it's supposed to be your armor. It is not just for fight's sake, it's because you actually are a soldier. It is who you are supposed to be. Your feet fitted with the gospel of peace is so that you are secure standing. And I think sometimes we think we are always fighting a spiritual battle because the enemy is so strong, and that's not just not true. The reason why we're always fighting a spiritual battle is because we are in God's army. It's just who we are. We're supposed to be fitted with these things. We're supposed to be unique in our attire. We're supposed to be doing the right meds to make ourselves spiritually healthy. A few of the right meds we've already talked about is it's pray without ceasing. It's taking time to read God's Word and also allowing God's Word to read us and come alive and be like, okay, I'm not going to twist this verse to make myself more concreted in my already established opinion, but I'm going to let it read my heart and bring attention to things in me so that I can change. It is to be spiritually healthy is to action your beliefs. On the back wall there, it says, our steps, gather, connect, serve, lead. That is spiritual health. We gather intentionally. We connect with each other and we disciple each other intentionally. We serve because we are called to be sacrificial servants. And we lead because every single person that I can see in Scripture used by God led. They might not have had the title of connect leader, but they stood up in their generation or they stood up in their neighborhood or they stood up in their family and they were used by God for the benefit of others. So they're the right meds to pray, to read your Bible, to action your beliefs, to worship over worry, to allow yourself to be surrounded by spirit-filled friends and family. They're the things that will make you spiritually healthy. Good? Spiritual is the one that all of us can agree on. As we move on today and look at some different areas, I want to help us um, to acknowledge that God didn't just make your spirit, Genesis 1. He made heaven and earth. That there is all of these other areas that we must also acknowledge and acknowledge God in if we are to be healthy. Sound good? 1 Corinthians, let's go there. Let's skip back three verses. 1 Corinthians, if you don't know where it is, 46th book, just do that. There's some quick maths for you. 1 Corinthians, what? What is it? 1 Corinthians? Oh, look at me go. I know where it is too. So let's talk about physical. When it comes to physical health, this is how you're caring for your body. It is water. I think you're supposed to have 15 liters of water every hour now. Really supposed to get all the blood out of your system and replace it with H2O. Is anyone confused about how much water they need to drink? Is anyone even more confused when they see someone walking around with like a six liter jug and you're like, is that water for the whole village? Like what's occurring? Why is that clay jar not on your head? What's happening? Um, 
Or you're not sure if you're allowed to have tap water and then there's too much mercury in it. But then there's not enough mercury. Like you don't get that mercury taste in your mouth that you like. Um, (laughs) Has anyone grown up through seasons where it's like you're in Sydney and you're not allowed to have Sydney water? Like you've been in those. How good are those times? I miss those times. miss them so much. So when I had mercury in my water, it's so much stronger. Like I could feel it. Is that not how it works? My wife went to uni. I went to Bible college. So different skill set. Um, one gets a certificate, one gets a degree, uh, and certificates aren't that impressive. No offense to you if you've got a certificate. Okay. <laughs> but it's eating healthy, it's looking after ourselves physically now, so in the future we don't find ourselves on way too many altar calls because we didn't acknowledge God in our physical now. I have 15 filled of fish burgers every single day, and I wonder why. In 10 years' time, I smell like fish and I need prayer on a, on a platform. It's not how it works. <laughs> uh. <laughs> we have special people on our team praying for odors. So if that's you, we can pray for you after the service. We've got a hazmat suit. They do the whole thing. But the word body appears 227 times in Scripture. It is something that uh, is important and it is of value. So what's that scripture? 1 Corinthians 6. Yeah, we all agree. Uh, Verse 18 says this, Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside of his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You have been bought at a price Therefore, honor God with your body. The scripture is talking about sexual immorality and how sexual immorality or issues of lust are damaging to our own body. It is not referring to tattoos. Um, Don't put a bumper sticker on a Ferrari or whatever. Um, What it's talking about here is we need to understand that our body is a temple and impure things will destroy the temple. And the temple is not even our own body. It has now been bought at a price and it is now his, so we must acknowledge him. Let's keep going. 1 Corinthians uh, 3, uh, verse 17, yeah? Am I right? Did I guess it? Yes. Thank you, slide on the back of the screen. <coughs> when it comes to, let me just give you a little quote, and you might like this and you might not. Um, <laughs> when it comes to Physical meds or physical health, you don't... Uh, it's just hesitation. It's kind of mean, isn't it? It's a quote. Um, it's a quote from me earlier this morning. Um, you don't need more prayer, you need a calorie counter. Huh? You like that quote there? Yeah. When it comes to our physical health, we don't just need to go on more altar calls or do more things and be like, I need this breakthrough in this area. We need to stop and acknowledge God in what we are physically doing to our physical body. And if we acknowledge him in those ways, he promises to make our path straight. So 1 Corinthians 3 um, verse 17 says, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. Yikes. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. So if we are to acknowledge God in the ways of ourselves physically, We must understand that it's not just our body is here to carry our spirit around until we die, that we must stop and acknowledge him in those ways. And if we're going to acknowledge him in those ways, I dare say that the Bible from beginning to end is not filled with tips on being physically healthy. 
If anything, it is based in first, second, and third um, century health. So it says things like, have a little bit of wine for your body's sake. In other words, get plastered instead of taking a Panadol. Um, health and physical have advanced a little bit further from us just grabbing scriptures and manipulating them into our behaviours. But this scripture here is giving us a real important key. Not that God will simply um, acknowledge what we do with our spirits, but we will give an account, and it is important to understand that our bodies are a temple. So what are the right meds for that? The right meds for that are, have you attended Connect Group enough to be physically healthy? I went to enough services, so why wasn't I physically healthy? I ate enough coffees or had enough hot chippies in the cafe. Who can't wait for hot chippies to be back? Rumor on the street is November, the cafe is reopening, so get excited for that. Get your orders in for Chico Rolls now so we can pre-cook them and we'll just leave them in the pie heater the whole time, just like they make at the carnivals. Um, Good. (laughs) But the right meds are not... Anything but simply practical things, moving your body enough. They are eating enough food. They are probably fasting. Scripture does give us uh, truths in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 on those things as well, to actually take a break from certain things. And science will now prove that fasting is very helpful for your physical health. It's not simply treating these things as earthly and irrelevant. Acknowledge God in them is to stop and to make room for him to speak to you about all parts of your life, not just have you applied that scripture well enough. Because again, if we just do those things, we will find ourselves on the wrong path, going the wrong way, and our path will not be straight because we simply didn't acknowledge him. So bringing God into the conversation when it comes to maintenance rather than emergency. We are very much an emergency situation. What is the latest fire and how do I put it out? What is the biggest issue in my world right now and how do I... Because there's always dramas, there's always storm, there's always things. But if we can stop and acknowledge God in things before we need an RMA emergency and actually be faithful with what we have, maybe, just maybe, we will be able to go from strength to strength a little bit more. Ecclesiastes 1 verse 1. 1 verse 2. We'll get there in a second. So when it comes to our physical body, it is important for us to stop and acknowledge these things. And even when it comes to physically, let me give you an example. I once had, and I'm going to use examples because examples are real and I can't, I can't just not use examples. Because when I, I was saying to Claudia in the office before, when I preach or even when I live, I don't think it's anxiety, but I have a very clear image of what I don't want to be because I have seen examples of what that looks like. Often, for me, the biggest disciples in my world are not the people that have had strength in all of these areas, but you see something crash and burn, and you're like, how do I stop that from happening in my life? So I had a moment when I was roughly 20, 21, uh, I was leading our South Campus at the time, and one of our youth leaders came to me, and he said to me, I can't be a youth leader anymore because I want to be more physically healthy, so I'm going to start soccer on Saturday mornings, so can you get someone else to look after my Connect Boys? And I was like, am I allowed to strangle him or is that not allowed? I'm not sure on the boundaries of silly words to silly actions and if I'm allowed to respond with the same level of smartness. So what is happening there is I have a physical problem. So what I'll do is I will wreck something spiritually to fix something physically. I will make three or four, I think it was six different boys, 
orphaned when it comes to a connect leader navigating because at 8.30 on a Saturday morning, I would like to play some soccer. So it's important for us to, okay, there's a physical problem, let's treat it with the right meds, but let's, as Christians, not neglect our spiritual responsibility and health. So I'm not physically healthy, so I'll go to the gym for an hour every morning and I'll stop reading my word. Okay, you're treating that thing, but what you're also doing is stopping the most primary important part of you. So it's not overdosing on the things that are spiritually, but it's not neglecting them, thinking that they are not important. Because along the way, you'll find no matter how much summer soccer you have, you probably won't lead anyone to Jesus and those six or seven boys had to go on a difficult journey because the excuse given to them was pathetic. (laughs) It wasn't good. So I want us to know that, yeah, let's be physically healthy, but let's not neglect our spirit at the expense of those things. Ecclesiastes, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you beat me there, you beat me there. Ecclesiastes is an awesome, sad book in the Bible, killing it with sadness. If you ever feel sad, give Ecclesiastes a read. So let's move on to emotional. This is, uh, this is uh, a challenge, and I'll get to the, uh, at the end, I'll tell you why. Um, but emotional. Um, understanding and respecting your feelings or appreciating the feelings of those around you or understanding what is actually happening and why it's happening and how to acknowledge God in those things is, is really powerful or how to manage your emotions in a positive way. That I'm going through these things, but it doesn't stop me from doing the things that I should do or just feeling positive about your life in general. If you are struggling with your emotions, You can quote as many scriptures as you want out of it, but maybe you just need to talk about your feelings. (laughs) Maybe you just need to acknowledge that it is difficult and that the season is hard. And saying those things isn't anti your spirit. It is acknowledging a part of you that God created and he wants you to acknowledge him in. It's not just ignoring those things and being, I'm going to be so spiritually strong. Because that is not strong. That is weak. (laughs) Emotions are not the enemy to your spiritual journey. (laughs) We are called to acknowledge those things. And there aren't a plethora of uses of the word emotion in the original Greek and Hebrew and Scripture, but you don't need to go far to see humans expressing their emotions towards each other and God. It is throughout the whole thing. And Ecclesiastes is just a beautiful example of a king that once quoted Song of Songs in his youth and he was, had many feelings and was very excited about a lot of things and, and wrote that and then wrote Proverbs in his prime, all these things on wisdom, and then gets to Ecclesiastes. And it is, um, it is this, Ecclesiastes 1 verse 2. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless, everything is meaningless. <laughs> okay, you want to learn memory verses at, at, at church, there's a memory verse for you. When you're having a good week, when you're having a rough time, and you're just like, oh, I just want to declare, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. There's reasons why scriptures are in the Bible that it's not just this positive strength to strength, good to good, better to better. There's a reason why so many of David's Psalms start in a valley, and honestly, sometimes end there. If you follow the story through, you're like, I think you're still sad. I think you're just saying the right thing. Um, but Scripture gives us, um, there's actually 700 references. If you just get words like angry or cry or mourn or jealous or joy, these things that are emotions throughout the entire canon of Scripture. 
that is not just denying anger, it's not just doing, it's God moving in the midst of these um, things. Because scripture is filled with real people um, walking out a journey with Jesus. And they may be expressions of God asks you to do something, you get swallowed by a giant fish, you go there, you do the very thing God asks you to do, 120,000 people get saved, and then you slip into some kind of clinical depression where you'd rather die than be proven wrong. <laughs> the story of Jonah. Um, again and again, we see people actually journeying as real humans um, towards God. So to ignore your emotions is actually to ignore a part of how God made you. Now, Scripture is clear. Uh, actually, can we keep going? Is that okay? Proverbs 1. Um, no, let's, let's stay here. Um, so the right meds, when it comes to your emotions, is actually stopping and evaluating them. Why do I feel the way that I feel right now? Why, when I go to church, do I feel that way? Why, when my boss says that specific thing, am I triggered that way? Why, when my spouse, or why, when my friend, or why, when that person looks at me or says that thing, why am I responding the way that I'm responding in my emotions? Rather than just being like, it's their fault, stuff them, everything's horrible, blah, 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 I'll keep on doing what I'm doing, to actually stop and acknowledging those things and checking in on yourself will make you take the right meds for the right problem. It's what Scripture describes as taking every thought captive. You can't take thoughts captive if you deny that they are there. <laughs> I'm going to take every thought captive, but everything is amazing. No, come back to Ecclesiastes 1. Verse 2, meaningless, meaningless, everything. No, I'll just make it real sad in here. Um, but realize the truth in the fact that sometimes we will go through situations where our emotions will dictate that to us and we need to acknowledge that and we need to move on from it. Maybe when it comes to your emotions, you need to go see a professional because Pastor Benoit and Pastor Charlie and myself are many things, but we did not do six or seven years of psychology. And we may not understand what your brain is doing in those things. So going and seeing a professional whilst balancing it with your spiritual journey is so important. Because there's no amount of encouragements from Pastor Benaiah that are going to fix some of your emotions. You can come and hear a message and walk out and be like, I still feel so alone. Like I still feel so isolated. Like I'm still stuck with that thought that I'm not good enough and these things going around our head. And there is spiritual meds to help with that, taking every thought captive. But don't think that acknowledging God in those things is bad. Like, God, I'm struggling in my emotions. I need to actually acknowledge you in this. Not just be like, it's not there, give me another verse, pastor. But instead, God, I want to acknowledge you in these things. Why am I feeling this way and how can I get help? Someone describes meditating on God's word day and night. The actual art of stopping and meditating on good things. These are things that will make us emotionally um, healthy. Because I think one of the lies that our emotions can tell us is everything around us needs to change, when in reality, we just need to talk about what's happening on the inside. We need to open up about those things. We need to evaluate those things. So we can over-spiritualize emotional issues and be like, if I just, quote, be anxious for nothing enough times, my anxiety will leave. Okay. Is that acknowledging God in it? Or is that just throwing a scripture at it so you don't have to go on the journey? 
But don't despiritualize it. Don't be like, okay, I've got this label, I've got this issue, therefore God can never use me because God uses foolish things. God uses sick things. God uses small things. God uses childish things. So the more labels you get, it's not the fact that you can't be used by God. It probably means the fact that he will use you more. <laughs> he meets you in the midst of them. He appears in the burning bush when you can't talk anymore. He, he, he does those things. So we, we don't overdose on the things that are spiritual, but we don't neglect spiritual things because of how we're doing mentally or emotionally. Because no matter how... Um, because we are Christians, because we are God followers and God is spirit, no matter how many meds we take emotionally, it will not make us spiritually healthy. So we need to balance both of those things. Don't overdose on the spirit and just throw scriptures at it, but don't not talk about things and process and deal with things. So balance them. Sound good? Um, Proverbs 1, 18. Proverbs 18. Look at us go. Back one book. We're heading there. We're doing this thing together. We've got to speed up. I'll talk faster. Don't you worry. Intellectually, learning and maintaining our curiosity, committing ourselves to a lifetime of learning, committing yourself to being smarter, not dumber. <laughs> there are decisions that you can make. There are books that you can read. There's Wikipedia that you can read that'll make you smarter. You can watch The Current Affair, that'll make you smarter. No, it won't. Um, but in Scripture, there's 417 times that the word mind or think or thought appears. To actually process in our mind is super uh, important to God. Proverbs 18, verse 16. Is that right? 16? 15 makes more sense. Um, the heart of the discerning acquires knowledge. The ears of the wise seek it out. In the New Living Translation, it says, intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open to knowledge. Intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open to knowledge. When it comes to you growing intellectually, let's see it this way. Um, it's been said before that you work nine to five to pay the bills, but six to 12 is how you build your skills. Ooh, it rhymes. Then we get very caught up, and we'll get into vocation and financial in a second. We get very caught up in going through certain motions that we think are gonna make us smarter, but we don't take time to upskill or to grow or to learn. So a pandemic happens, and we realize the only skill that we had was what we did continually for the last five years. And we start to do some online courses, and we start to learn different things. We need to keep ourselves acknowledging God when it comes to our thinking. Not denying our thinking or denying our questions or denying our thoughts, but stopping and acknowledging God in them. God, I struggle with this. I think that way about this. I think I've arrived across every area and I don't think I'm teachable anymore. Can I acknowledge you in this now? Can you humble me under your mighty hand and keep on teaching me and growing me? I don't want my brain to stop growing because I put my hand up once in an altar call. I want to keep on learning and I want to keep on being smarter and I want to acknowledge you in those things because I don't just want to relax, relax and lean into God will give me the words when the moment arrives. I want to actually go on the journey with you and discover your creation in a better way and actually acknowledge that rather than completely deny it and blame God and your spiritual health on that. Luke 2, yeah? Here we go. Luke 2. People beat me to it. It's almost like you had the scripture already. 
Luke 2 gives us the truth and helps us understand if Jesus grew, we should grow too. 52 says, And Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and in the favour with God and men. Wisdom, stature, and favour Jesus kept on growing in. Can I encourage you to keep on growing in wisdom, stature, and favour? Wisdom, stature, and favour. I'll let you do your own little study on what those words mean. But it is about keeping smarter. The right meds to make yourself more intelligent and growing and acknowledging God in those areas is maybe you need to read a book. Maybe you need to read a book by someone that you disagree with. At the moment, a book arrived for me this week and I ordered it because I think they're wrong. And the book is called 10 Arguments of Why You Should Quit Social Media. And it's going to list all the different things that social media negatively can do. And I don't think he's right. So I'm going to read the book and I'm going to, huh? Uh, good, sorry, Alex just said something to me and I was like, what, you want to kiss? Okay, let's shut the service down. Um, um, <laughs> edit that out. Um, keep it in. Um, but acknowledging God in all of these different ways. So read a book, do a course, solve some problems, get a brain app, keep your mind moving, keep on growing. Acknowledge God in those areas because your spirit can keep on getting stronger because you attend church or read your Bible and pray, but it don't make you smart. Acknowledge God in those things. It is a part of who you are. Make, allow that path to keep on being made straight as you acknowledge him in those areas. Gain skill. Be careful of noise. Not everyone on YouTube is smart. Surprise, surprise. But consume, upskill yourself, learn something new. Use your 9 to 5 to work, but 6 to 12 to grow and to learn something that will make you a better version of you. You don't need to stop learning when you meet Jesus. Include God, acknowledge Him, explore His big creation. God did not just make 8 Bellevue Street. (laughs) He did not just make that room that you have in your house where you spend time with God. Acknowledge him in all of those areas and look out to his big, seemingly infinite universe. Sound good? Okay, now we're getting serious. Colossians 3 verse 23. And what can happen if we don't, if we overdose on spiritual in this area is we can sound very spiritually, but we don't make any sense. And we start applying spiritual things to things that can be solved intellectually. So um, we can be like, oh, there's opposition coming against our host team. No, they didn't do their checklist. Oh, the service was so chaotic. Well, did the band practice? And we can over-spiritualize something. Should we be acknowledging God and all those things? Yeah, but we should be acknowledging Him in our faithfulness in doing the thing and thinking it through and being like, there's a better solution for this. For some of you, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't reach this person for Jesus. Jesus, I'm just praying and praying. And you just need to learn why they think the way that they think. You just need to ask some questions because there's people in your world that have thought it through already. They're not all dumb. They've actually asked, do I believe in God? What's happening? No, I don't. Go on that journey of what they're thinking and their intellect and actually hear them. And then suddenly God will be able to speak things because you're actually getting sharper in those areas. Uh, So Colossians 3. Where are you, Colossians? Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Here we are. So this is our work. There's a difference between uh, finance and vocational. Vocational is what you do with the skills that you have. It's the job that you sign yourself up to. It is what you work for. Your finances is how you make your finances work for you. 
They're not the same thing, and often people believe that I'm a provider. Let me talk to the men in the house. I'm a provider for my family, so I put that in the category of my job or career, but I mismanage my finance. No, you're a provider across both of those areas. You work for your money over here, but your money works for you over here. So uh, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, that's not a career problem. That is a meds of your finance problem. It's because I made all of this money, but I spent $300 on dominoes this week. It is a, a connection, or we have six phones in our household, or we have this problem going on, and I'm making bad financial decisions. And again, it's not spiritual. It's not, God, give me more finance. No, you're wasting all the finance that you've got. God, give me more job. Why? So you can use as an excuse not to acknowledge me? So they, both of these areas, when it comes to our work, it's important for us to stop and acknowledge God in them. Because, man, we, I, I ask in leaders' meetings and different meetings, has anyone got prayer? And most people are praying about these things. And God is like, what have you been doing with the ones that I've already given you? Because God can give you another dollar, but what did you do with the one that he already gave you? Acknowledging him in those conversations becomes very, very important. The word work appears 555 times in the Bible. To put that in context, the word Trinity appears zero times. <laughs> so work appears a lot of times, a lot of frequency. God is interested in the job that you choose to spend most of your time on. He is interested in that. He's not just interested in what team you're serving on a Sunday or what your spiritual gift for the body is. He is interested in what you are willing to spend 40 plus hours of most of your life doing. And you need to stop and acknowledge him in those areas. Colossians 3 verse 23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong. And there is no favoritism. One of the only references to favoritism in the Scriptures, and it's very clear here that God wants us to work like we are working for him. And this is talking about rules of the Christian household. It's not just talking about your spiritual gift. It's talking about whether you will work well for the things that God has asked you to work in. Proverbs 18, verse 16. Let me speed up for this one because the last one is very important for us. Proverbs 18, verse 16 says, A gift opens the way for the giver and ushers him into the presence of the great. Acknowledging God... Um, when it comes to our career, is making room for, to be able to dream and to use your skill and to not just live chasing a paycheck, thinking that that will somehow be you being faithful vocationally. It is asking yourselves, or another way of saying it is people have said, normally to, I don't know, year 12 students or something, follow your dreams. And then like Simon Cowell did this for years with like American Idol, Australian Idol, and people would watch that show, not because of Kelly Clarkson, they would watch that show because of this person. And it would be people chasing their dreams, but they didn't have the skill to chase those dreams. And when I'm talking to our youth and young adults, often I don't tell them, what is your dream, chase your dream, if they are unskilled in that area. We don't want people leading us in worship that cannot know, that don't know the difference between a guitar and a bass. I don't know. Um, 
What you should do is if you have a dream, but you have a skill in a different area. So let's say um, someone wants to record um, a kahuna album. Um, and I want to play a kahuna, I want to record it and distribute it around. But that person's skill that they bring is electrical, maybe. I don't know. This is an example. Or maybe, or maybe we'll use an actual, like an accountant. There's no point in them quitting their accounting job that's helping people in their finance and it's adding to the world and it's what their skill is and what they should be working hard in to go play an instrument on an album. What they should do is give themselves to the work and work hard on it and the finance that they produce, they can go record their album on Saturday for the three people that will listen to it. So when it comes to our work, it's actually us looking at the skills that God has given us and asking ourselves the question, are we being faithful with it or is our vocation relying upon a boss or an employer? Are we acknowledging God in what he has given us and using it well? Not just I did a job for a paycheck. You can make money a lot of different ways. I grew up in the hood. You can make some money doing some things. (laughs) Ryan's awake. So good to have you with us, Ryan. But asking yourself, it is doing what you do well. And it's taking time and acknowledging God in those things, no matter how long you've done things because you were supposed to do them, stop and ask yourself, not what is the ideal dream. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about acknowledging what God has placed in your hand, trusting Him with it, and allowing Him to make your path straight with it. Because if you're an accountant, there is no point in you playing that kahuna and being like, I'm going to record that album. That's your skill. That's what you bring. Give it with everything like you're serving Jesus. Sound good? And again, no amount of physical is going to make you better vocationally. No amount of spirit is going to make you et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the right, maybe you need to go to like a university open day and do a skills test again and work out what you're strong at and work out what you bring to the table and work out what your experience has brought you into. Maybe it's having a purpose in your career rather than just doing those things. Because your kids won't look up to you because you made money for them. They will look up to you in a very different way if you pursued and lived a life of purpose. Proverbs uh, 13, over a little bit, verse 11, says, Dishonest money dwindles away, but he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. So when it comes to our finances, let's move right on to there. Um, Maintaining our resources, investing, um, upskilling ourselves, getting financial goals, being prepared short-term and long-term and for emergency situations. That isn't a career issue or a vocational issue. That is, what do I do with what I already have? How many weeks can I be unemployed before I need the pastor to pray for me? How well am I doing when it comes to being faithful and acknowledging God with the finance that he's adding to my life? Because being a provider is as much vocational as it is financial. What do I do with those things? How am I upskilling myself? Proverbs um, 27 um, says this. And if I can, um, well, let me get to Luke. No, let's skip Proverbs. Eh, let's skip Luke as well. Okay, let's move on, yeah? Can I get the band up? Because we are going to conclude. Um, you can read those scriptures for yourself. They're really good and they make heaps of sense. Um, so it's Proverbs Luke, let's go to Matthew, yeah? So when it comes to your work, how good are you at acknowledging God in those areas? Because coming to church won't make you financially secure. (laughs) 
Attending or serving on the coffee team won't do that for you. But stopping and acknowledging God in those things and upskilling yourself and maybe getting a budget and maybe talking to someone and working out why, because maybe you were never taught those things, you need to acknowledge God in them if you want your path to be straight. And again, we'll get on to why straight. Last two is this, social. This is healthy relationships. This is community. This is family. This is intimate relationships. This is caring for others and letting others care for you. On a scale of one to 10 in all of these areas, how are you doing? Socially, how are you doing? And how are you doing at treating that with the right medications? The word friends appears 170 times in the Bible. That is a lot of times and is like 160 times more than I thought it would. That there is a calling for all of us, and Genesis 1 even shows that we are not made to be alone. We are made for community. We are made to interact with those around us. Matthew 25 verse 40 says this, the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. When it comes to your socializing, when it comes to your interaction with the world around you, how healthy are you when it comes to the least, when it comes to every social interaction around you? Because I think a few of us might get to heaven and be a little bit surprised when we find out that thought we had or that thing that we did or that thing that we said or that person we separated ourselves from was a reflection of what we did towards Jesus. And he's going to be like, you did it to the least, you did it to me, bro. So when it comes to us being socially healthy, we need to pay attention and acknowledge God in these things. We maybe need to take a book out of Jeremiah or Ellie or little kids and how they make friends and how they get outside of their comfort zone. Because if you go to church long enough, you don't get good socially. You don't learn these things. Acknowledging God that He wants you to be in a community, that He wants you to have a healthy marriage, that He wants you to have healthy relationships with your family. Acknowledge Him in those things. Don't over-spiritualize them. Don't use that as an excuse. Stop and be like, am I a terrible friend? Do I forget everyone's birthdays? Like, am I, am I horrible? <laughs> oh, but I pray for them on that altar call once when we asked loving on purpose groups or something. No, I'm going to build into that thing. Married guys, you need friends. Married ladies, you need friends. Single people, you need friends. You need to build socially. You need to acknowledge God in those things. You need people that will listen to you on your worst This is a good example of of a good friend. A good friend, you can share the worst things that happen in your world and they won't try and story top you. That's a good friend. I've had the worst week. Well, once I had a terrible week too. And it was much worse than your week. Garbage friend. Um, Or another good test of a best friend is you had an amazing week and they don't try and story top you either. These opportunities happen and they know how to celebrate with you well, not drag you down to their horrible situation. Hey, I got this opportunity, this thing happened. Well, I once knew someone 10 years ago that got an opportunity much better than that one. No, no, no. But even, now reverse that on yourself. (laughs) Do you have people in your world that can come and be broken and you not be like, you're not got nothing on me, narrow mentality, I've got it worse. And not they celebrate and you're like, oh, this makes me insecure. How good are you at doing those things socially? Are you acknowledging God in them? Proverbs 27, um, verse 17. Just keep on making room for the Holy Spirit to be like, okay, am I acknowledging Him in these areas? Am I paying attention to Him? 
Proverbs 27, verse 23. Be sure you know the conditions of your flocks and give careful attention to them. That's not it. Verse 17 makes a lot more sense. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. The reason why social is important is because there's a bit of a truth here. It's people that will make you sharper. So you need to work out, introvert, extrovert, what happens, what energizes you, what doesn't energize you. The goal is not to trap yourself in a little cave and not have any interactions with anyone. It is how do I get sharpened by those around me? And then how do I how do I monitor toxic environments and why it's toxic and why it's toxic to me and how I can grow through it? How do I build good friends? How do I, have, how do I build good mentors? A lot of people are trying to work out if they can trust their mentors and their mentors are like, can they trust you? <laughs> do I trust what Pastor Benai is saying? Now the question is, does Pastor Benai trust you to listen to it and apply it or are you going to come and get advice and then not do anything with it and he's going to be like, why am I going to share it with you next time? Can you handle me being more honest? Are you going to do anything with it? So it's building those things socially. It's having enough people in your corner that'll stop you from jumping off the edge. It's, it's having a crew around you. It's having a family. It's having stretcher bearers. It's having people, kingdom friendships that are going to grow those areas. And it's knowing the difference between that and a spiritual problem. I've had a lot of people over time leave church and they said it was spiritual, but they just didn't have any friends. Doesn't matter how old they are. They said it was spiritual, but it was just a conflict in socializing with other people. Because someone took their job or someone stepped on their toes or someone didn't smile at them in the courtyard. And it has nothing to do with spiritual. It has everything to do, are you acknowledging God that people are people? That they'll have ups and downs and they'll be good sometimes and not so good sometimes. We need to acknowledge God in those areas. pages in this thing. Let me move on to our last one, environmental, as we finish. When I think of environmental, I think of two different areas. I think of the environment and the atmosphere around our lives. So how do we interact at work or family? Like what is the atmosphere? And I've heard it said before, people run from toxic environments. This isn't good for me. This affects my emotions or this makes me feel this way or this is spiritual or this is this. And we don't actually realize that it might not just be the environment that is toxic. It's that you might not be wearing the right mask for it. You don't need to ask the question, is this completely toxic? You need to ask the question, why is this toxic to me? What does this hit in me? How does this environment around me push me that way? Because say, for example, if you grew up in a situation that is very works-based and then you have an interaction with someone that's like, use your skill, work hard, your filter goes back to, oh, I'm not works-based. This environment's toxic to me. You're asking me to do things. But the environment at all isn't toxic at all. What's toxic is you filter it in a way that my identity is in jeopardy if I don't do enough. So this person telling me to do enough but they're telling you to do because it's faithful. They're telling you to do to help others. So the environment itself is not toxic at all. Or someone says this and it triggers me this way. Okay, the environment might be difficult, but that doesn't mean you run from it. Are there some environments that you run from? Yeah, but man, have a mentor. Have a discipler. Have someone in your corner that'll be like, actually, don't run. It's you. I had this problem in my work and I've always had this and this has always happened. You're the common link, baby. Everyone always does this. It just gets, it's you. (laughs) So actually be able to stop and monitor the environment around us to be like, okay, 
This triggers me. This happens this way. This happens this way. I need to acknowledge God in these things. And I don't just need to blame everyone around me. I need to acknowledge Him and be like, God, why do I hear that that way when I'm sure they don't want to destroy me? And the last one is this. In Genesis 1 verse 1, why don't we finish at the beginning? The actual environment itself. Genesis 1 verse 1 says, I had to turn to it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It does not say, in the beginning, God created the heavens, so stuff the earth. Doesn't. Doesn't say God created the heavens, so have a spiritual relationship and consume the earth and destroy it. It is um, said, if you uh, like a good stat, um, if every single person on the earth lived the way that the average American lived, it would take five earths to sustain that use of emissions of big cars, of meat consumption, and different areas. It would take five earths to sustain that. And if everyone lived as the average Australian, it would be 5.2. You worse. Stop judging her. I tricked you. Got ya. So we say, oh, God, do this, God, do that, God, heal, God, fix. But are we acknowledging Him in how we consume? Are we acknowledging Him that when we go get 10 wicked wings, that that is between five and 10 different chickens that were slaughtered for those delicious wings that you have? And what is the repercussions of those things? What is the repercussion of how you live, of how you consume, of what you produce? How are you acknowledging that He created both the heavens and the earth? How are you acknowledging both God gave us something to look after. And that didn't just stop in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. It only stopped when we stopped, (laughs) acknowledging the fact that we had something to do with what He had given us. That we need to include God in how we treat His creation. Do we acknowledge God in those areas? Or do we over-spiritualize it and say, God works all things for good who love Him. I love Him. Everything's going to be beautiful. And we take the wrong pill for the wrong issue. And we don't stop to think, okay, maybe I should buy an electric mower. (laughs) Maybe I should do something practically different. God, how can I acknowledge you and actually think through how my living affects your creation? Because maybe you care about it. Maybe you care about the universe. Maybe you don't just care about me and this earth is here to sustain me until my body dies. But I want to acknowledge you in how I live and what I do. And that isn't a 2020 thing. That is a Genesis 1 thing. That isn't a what's global warming or what's the latest thing we want to discuss or talk about or bushfires or whatever the issue is. It's let's go back to Scripture and let's acknowledge how God set things up and then how do I acknowledge you in all of my paths? A good um, med for this one is a website called Global Footprint Network where you can go and answer questions about yourself and it will tell you how many earths it would take to sustain the way that you live. For me, it's 5.9. I'm beating the average. You're welcome. So I need to stop and I need to, it says a thing at the end, like, does this surprise you, shock you, make you happy? I was like, happy? No, uh, surprise? Acknowledging God in these areas is very important. To finish today, um, I said at the beginning of the message that I was unsure on sharing this. Because one of the things that a pastor has in common with 
because uh, you'd probably consider pastor in the spiritual category, even though we get asked questions about all of them. Um, a pastor has similar to accountant that's helping with your finance or a psychologist that's helping with your emotions, is we are all humans and we are trying to help you navigate something we're navigating ourselves. Because every doctor that happened, there was a sickness in their family and they're trying to right some wrong that happened and every, everything that's happened over here. And there's, there's all of these people trying their very best to help you navigate. So when I come up here, I'm like, okay, let's acknowledge God in all of these areas. And on Friday night, I found myself being like, is that hypocritical? Because if I'm to look at the straight paths in my life right now, some of them are very straight, but some of them are mangled to the max. And I'm trying to acknowledge God in them, but when I read Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 and get promised straight paths, I don't see straight paths. And the reason why I wrestled with that is because I was like, should I not share on certain things? Should I grab the two that I'm like cranking in right now? You can guess which two they are. <laughs> Give you a moment. Yes, physically, that's it. Um, thank you. 360, enjoy it all. Um, but if we can put that scripture back on, Troy, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, there was one word that God just brought my attention to that maybe is a good reminder for you this morning as we close. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. This message isn't about you rating yourself from one to 10 in all these areas and getting really sad about the ones you're not good in and you'll do a diet for the next three minutes. I remember once Tom did this amazing chicken diet. I picked him up and we're hanging out. Was it with you as well? Three of us are hanging out. Tom's like, I'm only having boiled chicken or something. I can't remember what the diet was. And I just remember thinking, or maybe I said it out loud, I can't remember. I'm going to break him. By the end of today, I'm going to break this man. And it would have been within, what, an hour? He's having three pies at Robinson. And can I have a chalky eclair? And Give me a Coke with extra sugar. I want no zero. Pour some sugar in there. It's not about just hearing these things and being like, I have to change and do something right now. It's New Year's resolution moment. It's about acknowledging God in these areas and holding fast to the truth that if you do, He will. That if I keep on acknowledging Him and taking the right meds and talking about how I'm feeling, He will. Not He has or He did. He will make my path straight. He will straighten it up. If I, if I do some work in my social, He will. The promise is not that He has. The promise is that He will. I'm just going to ask every single person to close your eyes as we finish up this morning. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for every single person in this place. And I thank you that we are complicated, that there are facets and areas in our lives. And I pray that we would include you in every part of it that we would not be an atheist when it comes to our finance, denying you, not including you in the conversation. That we would not think that if we're spiritually healthy, then we can neglect other areas. That we would stop and acknowledge you, make room for you. And I pray this week that there would be moments that we would pause and maybe check in. Maybe just write down these eight areas and rate ourselves one to 10. And if we're a six in there, I'd be like, okay, how do I, get, is there something I can do to get to a seven, God? Can you give me some truth? Is there a mentor that I need to reach out to? Is there a social media I need to sign off from? Like, is there something damaging this? Am I taking the wrong meds? Church, you'll be amazed at what He will do 
when you just acknowledge Him, when you just give Him the whole heart, the whole life, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength. Holy Spirit, I just ask for your church to lean into you, to hear you, to play our part in our lives. Lastly, God, I just pray against disappointment, shame, feeling like history is just going to repeat itself. I pray that our history and our head not stop your heart in us. That this morning we would be able to turn over a new situation and give, maybe we've been struggling with our friendships, maybe we've been struggling with our relationship, any of these areas, God, we stop and acknowledge you, give you the whole thing. And we know that you will make our path straight. You are not done with us. It's not about us doing everything right, but it's about us acknowledging you in everything we have. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.